Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, it's going to be an awesome day today because you have ordained this day to be a wonderful day for us. Lord, therefore, this morning we join our faith with the faith of every other children of God all over the world. And we declare by faith, Lord, that you are awesome in this place. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for the illumination that your word brings. Thank you that we are illuminated today by having an understanding of what you have already done for us. Help us to know that today, oh God, the words we speak set the laws of motion or laws of faith in motion in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. May someone live here today with clarity and understanding in the name of Jesus. May your name be glorified and your people be edified in Jesus' name. We pray. Hallelujah. Now, you know that in Genesis chapter 1 verse uh, 26 to 27, God said, let us make man in our own image and let us make them after our own likeness. Genesis chapter 1, I'm going to read that first. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. I want to show you something here that the Lord showed me today. The Bible here says, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. That, that is in the KJV version. God said, let us make man. Notice here that God has a desire of what he wanted to do. But what did God do first? God says, let us make man. God, and God said, which means God spoke his intent out before he went to create. Now, before God spoke that intent out, it must be what he had already thought in his mind that he wanted to do. Right? So God had an intention in his mind to do something and then God spoke that intent out. And God said, let us make man. Let us make man. Now, if you think about this and you go back to um, in Genesis, Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 The Bible says let there be light And there was light So when God said let there be It's not asking for permission Actually it says light be That actually in the original Hebrew language Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 is Not just let there be light It's actually light be So God saw what he wanted God had an intention in his heart of what he wanted But how did God bring that intention to pass? It is by his spoken word God spoke his intention out of his mouth and what he spoke became. So when God said, said here, let us make man in our own image and after our likeness, God essentially is saying, man, you are in my likeness. Man, you are my image. I hope you understand that. So it's not saying let us make all like taking permission. No, it's just going to say man must, is created in the image and likeness of God. That is fundamentally your position. That you are created in the image and likeness of God. Now, how does God bring things to pass? It is by speaking first. No matter what the desire of God is, God never does anything that he hasn't spoken about before. So today I'm going to be talking about confessions set the laws of motion, the laws of faith in motion. You know, confessions set the laws of faith in motion okay so which essentially means faith is a law and faith can be set into motion through the words that we speak through the words that we speak 
Go with me to Hebrews chapter. It may not be your note, by the way. Go into Hebrews chapter. Chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, I believe, is in verse 4. Right? The Bible here says. No, sorry, Hebrews chapter uh, 11. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Sorry, apologies. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. The Bible says, Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear through faith we understand it's not something that we understand by logic it's something that we understand through faith what do we understand through faith faith that the words everything you see the cosmos the universe the moon the stars you know everything you see were framed the word framed there is the word katatizo which means to set in place the words were framed by the word of God. So God set the sun in, in space. God set the moon in space by the spoken word. Why did God use the spoken word? The answer is in verse 3. It says, so that the reason why God used the spoken words to frame the word, to frame the words the way it should be, is so that the things which are seen, what you see physically, are not made with are not made of the things which do appear that may seem like a contradiction what essentially is saying that the reason why god chose to use his spoken word that you cannot see to create things that you can see is for one reason alone so that the things that you can see will have their source their origin in the things that you cannot see so essentially the substratum the substratum of the created world is based on unseen reality and that's the reason why God wants you to walk by faith, by that which we cannot see. But what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, think about hope. Hope is not something that you hold on to. Hope is something that is still a part of you haven't yet received it physically, but you have a picture of it. So when, uh, let's say for example, I one day I hope to be, um, uh, to be in New York City and go to um, Central Park. Let's assume that that is what one thing I hope for. I must have seen a picture of Central Park. I must have seen a picture of New York City. Or at least I, may, I must have heard about the place. I must have seen a picture of that. And based on the picture that I have seen, based on the picture that I have seen in my mind's eye, remember, I'm sorry, picture that I have seen right now. But remember, I have not been there. But that picture tells me something. That picture paints a picture in my mind. That picture tells me a story. So based on the picture that I have seen of Central Park and New York City, I begin, I will begin to have a longing, a hope for it. Okay. Now, the Bible that says faith is the substance or faith gives substance to that thing which I hope for, which means faith is the evidence in my heart that one day I am going to do what I am going to be at New York City, I'm going to be at Central Park. Faith is what gives me that assurance. Faith gives me assurance of that thing which I hope for, which means hope is a goal setter. Hope gives me a goal, something to look forward to. Biblical hope, by the way, is the confident expectation of good, which means every time you are believing God for the future that you have not yet seen, you are putting your hope into a place to paint pictures in your heart. Now, faith is what brings that hope from a futuristic experience into the now. So faith now possesses in, in your heart that you have already received 
that which you have hoped for. So faith itself is useless without hope. So and that's the reason why the word the word of God is a word of hope. It's a word that paints hope, paints pictures of promises of the good things that you are going to get. That's what the word of God does. The word of God is a hope setter, is a goal setter, is 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 what brings hope to you when things are hopeless. Now, when God said, let us make man in our own image and after our likeness, God basically says that you have the same DNA like himself, which means you can speak things into space, into creation rather, through your spoken words. No, you know, in Hebrews 11, 3, the Bible says it is through faith. Through faith, we know, know that God, God set the words. God put those words in frame by the spoken word, which means everything you see in this world today was set in place by the spoken word. Now, since you are made in the image and likeness of God, you can set things in motion in your own life by what? By the spoken word. So today, I'm talking about the confession set the laws of the law of faith in motion, or confessions operate the law of faith. All right. So, because you are a child of God, because you are a child of God, the words that God has spoken to you over your life cannot be invalidated by your experiences. God's view of you is unchanging. God said, you are made in my image, you are made in my likeness. If you are not experiencing that right now in your life, it's not God. It doesn't mean that God has left you or God has abandoned you or God has changed his mind about you. No. What God has said about you that says you are made in my image and likeness is forever settled by God. It is an unchanging, final declaration of God over your life. What God has said over you we continue to be true whether you experience it or not. So now the question now is, if God has said I am made in his image and likeness, and God has said I am I'm God, you know, like we spoke last week that you are gods, if God has said you are gods, if God has declared me to be a God under him, obviously, that means that declaration from God is set in motion and that declaration from God cannot be changed, whether I believe it or not. So the question now is, in order for me to experience what God has declared over me, it is imperative, therefore, that I do what? That I believe. That I believe what he has said over me. So it is because of believing what he has said over me and making sure that my mouth agrees with what he has said over me. That's where the rubber hits the road. That's where you begin to understand the, the difference between a Christian who is victorious and the one who is not victorious. On Wednesday, I believe I shared something that God laid in my heart, talking about two Christians, two Christians uh, who, who uh, were living in the same place, subjected to the same economic situation or uh, uh, environmental conditions, and got two different experiences. I said there was a Christian, there was a Christian who um, was living in a community and there was a virus attack, or what I call a virulent attack, something that was damaging people and destroying people. And this Christian, um, because of the fact that the Christian does not know that he has the power over this virus, the Christian, when the Christian is about to take his child to school, and then somebody who is caught the virus comes near the, the Christian, the Christian starts to panic. Oh, please don't come near me, don't come near me, I don't want to catch a virus. That is one Christian. And I said, for suppose this Christian now goes to sleep. And I had a dream, and in the dream, the great 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 grandfather shows up in the dream and say, "Hey, behold, child, you 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 actually come from a lineage that 
slays virus right you know you, you you're not not lineage people your great-grandfather your father the people that have gone ahead of you they're actually conquerors the the, the wing was the the virus has no power over them you actually have in your dna supernatural power where the virus cannot attack you in fact when you when you show up somewhere the virus begins to die right okay and i said if you have that kind of dream and you wake up in the, you wake up but in that dream, the person told you oh by the way if you in case you are doubting this go down into the attic you'll find a box there mark whatever color inside there there's a book if you read the book it will tell you stories and stories and stories about people in your lineage who have who have gone before you and the mighty things that they have done and these same people have experienced the same thing that you are experiencing right now in their own age and time and they overcame because they realized who they were and i said now if you if you are the person and you choose to believe what you have read you have you, you have seen in the dream you have to, you are told in the dream and you have validated in the word when you go down to the attic and you actually saw that if you were the one and you believed when you go out, out outdoor next time and somebody is it's got virus attack and the person is coming near you will you be afraid the answer is no you won't be afraid but what could make you to be afraid is if you go and read in the book that like you find in the attic but you refuse to believe what the book says you're saying oh maybe maybe this book is not correct maybe this is not going to work i say if you have that kind of mindset even though you have the power but because you choose not to believe that you do have the power you are going to get the attack things are going to happen in your life I hope you understand what I'm saying. So what I share, what I'm trying to say here is this. The promises of God are for us to enjoy. God placed the promises there for us to enjoy. God did not place the promises there for, uh, for decoration. He placed his promises in the Bible for us to enjoy them. But we must understand that grace, God by grace has made these promises available to us. But we must lay hold on this grace what grace has provided by faith. That's the reason why understanding the law of faith is very, very important to your work in God. To lay hold of the promises of God, you must understand how faith works. And you must understand at the end of this service that confession is one of the ways in which the law of faith is set in motion. Or confession is the means through which uh, the law of faith is operationalized. In order for faith to work in your life, you must learn to confess the word of God out of your mouth. Hallelujah. Praise God. So let's go into the text. So Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. This means without the God kind of faith living on the inside of you, you cannot experience the supernatural. That's why the Bible says over and over that the just shall live by faith now here's the thing somebody might be saying but i don't have faith but that is not correct because you could only become born again by faith bible says by grace we have been saved book of ephesians chapter 2 i believe verse 6 by grace we have been saved through faith so grace saved you but grace alone did not save you grace in conjunction with faith saved you so how could you become born again without faith? It's not possible. God had to give you his own faith to become born again. So when the message was preached to you, you believed in the message. You have never seen Jesus. I have never seen Jesus. But when the message came to you, it resonated with your heart. Then you believed. When you believed, God declared that you're righteous. 
then the Bible says you opened your mouth and then you confess, you say what God has said about you and say, Father, thank you that I'm saved. Thank you that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I receive it into my heart now. I declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. When you made that declaration, you became saved. You have an experiential knowledge or experiential, an experience of salvation as it were. Salvation first came to you in your heart when you believed, but it was when you vocalized that out of your mouth that it became a reality in your life as it were. Okay, so you have the faith of God. You have the faith of God. Now, the faith of God that you have is the faith that can move mountains. So, but how do you put this faith to work? First, you must understand the law of faith. What is law? When I use the word law of faith, I don't want to think about it like performance, like when dasha this, dasha this, dasha this, dasha that. That's not what I'm saying. The word law of faith here is the word that means the principle of faith. Think about the law of gravity or the law of aerodynamics or thermodynamics. These laws function, work every single time. If you're in doubt about the law of gravity, go to the roof of your house and jump down and say you're not going to get hurt. The gravity does not respect whether you're born again or you're not born again. Gravity just works. So how do you make sure you gravity gravity works for you? It's by understanding gravity and align yourself with how gravity works. So we know about the Wright brothers. The Wright brothers were the first guys who made made, made a aeroplane. They had to understand the laws of gravity, how gravity works, and the, the gravitational pull of the Earth, you know, and all that. And then they were able to model their airplanes to work against gravity, to move to, to work with gravity. Does that make sense? All right. So, when you understand the law of faith, you also need to understand how do you make faith to work for you. This topic is very important because the Bible says that um, our victory over the world is based on the faith. So if you don't understand how faith works, victory will seem almost impossible for you as a believer. So it's also very important for you to understand that God has designed this process this way. We just need to learn how to work with the process. All right. So faith is a substance of things hoped for. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. But faith fundamentally in the barest form is trusting the character of God that what God has said to you, what he has promised you, is as good as done. That God stands by his word. What he has promised you, what he has shown you in the Bible, what he has shown in your heart, the vision is put in your heart. That God backs the vision up. But God backs his word up. So which means God, from as far as God is concerned, that which he has spoken to you is a done deal. The question now is, how do I operate that? How do I agree with that? Remember, faith is a principle. But we receive, just for the record, let me clear that again. We receive everything we have received from God through grace. I'll say that again. God's grace makes everything available for us. We do not work for salvation. We cannot work for protection or preservation or any of the blessings of God. We cannot work for them. They were given to us by faith and by grace. But faith is an instrument by which we draw what is already ours to, uh, to us. I hope you understand the difference now. Grace makes it available. Faith draws it to yourself. Okay. So when we say lambano it, lay hold on it. We are saying the same thing. We are saying lay hold by faith on what is already yours. You are not praying for them to be yours. Because they are already yours. You are laying claim 
to what is already yours. But how do you do that? You do that by faith. What is that faith? Faith is trusting the character of God. That what God has said is yours, is already yours. So now when you are laying claim to that which God has already graciously given to you, you are not second guessing yourself that, do I qualify? Do I not qualify? Is God going to hear me? No, you are laying claim on them because they are already yours. I hope that makes sense. So, because you know that it is not a function of what you have done. You did not work to earn the favor of God. You did not work to earn the blessings of God. Therefore, what you should, what that would do for you is that faith then rises up in your heart to lay hold of what God has already given you. That is the reason why you should have a confident expectation of good. As a believer, every single day should be a day laden with hope. But remember, hope itself is not what we want to eat. If if every day of my I'm just hopeful, hopeful tomorrow will be better, tomorrow will be better, and tomorrow never comes. You know, I am going to get uh what's the right word? Um a bit disillusioned if tomorrow never comes. If tomorrow never comes and I keep thinking, oh, maybe tomorrow, maybe this is gonna show up, and I keep doing that. What the Bible says is that the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes it heart sick. So what we want to do is move away from the, the we don't want to throw away hope because hope is confident expectation of good. But what we want to do is move from the realm of faith and from the realm of hope, which is a futuristic expression that something good is going to happen. We want to move into an experiential knowledge or an experience of something good happening in our lives. So let me ask you a question. Who wants to experience the supernatural? I raise my hands up. I want to be a, a, a person who enjoys the supernatural, which means when I have a need or I'm going through life, I want to carry a consciousness of a victor or not of a victim. Of a victor, not of a victim. So now, having a consciousness of, of a victor means that when I approach life, I approach life as someone who has already won already. I carry a consciousness of a winner. So now, that is taking me from the realm of hope, which is a futuristic thing, to the realm of now. So faith is what? Faith is now. Hallelujah. So the in every situation, God expected to expect good things from him. Now, how can you experience, expect good things from God if you have a wrong view of God? If you think that God is the one is, is the author of your hearts or trials or problems and tribulations, then it is difficult for your faith to rise up. Now, since we want to move from hope to faith. What should we do? We need to have this confident expectation that good is always coming to us. Okay, but what gives us that that, that confidence? First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24 says, The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Bible essentially says, When you trust that what God has said, that's the fun, fundamental of faith, is to believe what God has said and to trust the character of God. To trust that what God has said he will do for you, he is going to do it. Or what God has said you already have in Jesus, that you do already have. Regardless of your personal experiences, regardless of your emotions, regardless of the feelings in your body right now. When God says you have it, according to his written word, faith believes what God has said, even though that may not be my experiences yet. I'll say that again. Faith in God, in the ability of God, in the word of God, in the character of God, believes what God has said as true, 
even though it may not be what I am experiencing at the moment. So I don't allow my mouth to begin to talk based on my experiences. I allow my mouth to talk based on the word of God, irrespective or regardless of my experiences. And this is where faith comes. See, because at times when you are faced with the storms of life, when you are faced um, with the challenges, it is natural for you to hope and speak words of discouragement. It's, it is natural for you to say things as they are. But God says, say things as they are, as they are, maintains things as they are. But saying things as they ought to be creates what, what you ought to have, even though you don't have it yet. So, if I have pain in my leg, saying that I have pain in my leg, I have pain in my leg, this leg is painful, things are going to get him back, saying that over and over and over and over and again does not allow me to get healed. What will get me healed is to say the contrary. And when you say the contrary, when you begin to vocalize what God says, you are setting the laws of faith in motion. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says, Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering. Why? Because the one who made the promises is reliable. God is reliable. God is faithful. So hold on to the confession of the hope you have. So the more you confess the future that you expect, the more you confess it now as a present day reality, the more you are creating in your environment that which you are believing God to see. Let me explain that in a different way. You know, when God said, let us make man in our own image, man has not existed yet, but God said, let us make man. Then God created, right? But God declared what he wanted, even when things don't look like it. And then based on his declaration, those things which he declared, um, superimpose themselves on what is existing, what was existing. So in your life now, let's say you want something different. Instead of saying what you have over and over and over, over and over and again, which doesn't change or will not change your current situation. Begin to say what is in your hope by faith. Say it now by faith. Say, I'm healed. I am blessed. I am prosperous. I'm excellent. I am diligent. Even though now you may not be, but as you are saying, I am diligent, what you are doing is that just like God, you are changing situation of the reality of what's on ground to what you want. I hope that makes sense. Okay. Now, there's one scripture that I want to show you quickly before I go into the topic that talks about a classical example of how you should never stop confessing the word of God. In the book of Abaku, chapter 3, verse 70 to 19, the Bible says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stores. So when you look at this text so far from verse 17, the whole of that verse 17 is a, is a telltale of woes, of, of, of failure, you know, of lack of scarcity, of not good enough. But in the middle of the presence of evil or in the presence of, of scarcity and lack, this person did something in verse 18. See, yet, regardless of what I have faced, I will do what? I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Now, remember, I spoke about the fact that God said, 
um, out of the mouth of babes, he has ordained strength or he has ordained praise. So praise is equals to strength. So when this guy says, I will rejoice in the God, I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. And he says in verse 19, the sovereign Lord is my strength. Essentially, he is now vocalizing who God is. In the middle of all the challenges, what is he doing? He's vocalizing, vocalizing who God is. He has he or she has turned his mouth now to where to the weapon of praise, the weapon of strength. So as you begin to praise God and declare what God says about the situation, even when the situation doesn't look like much, what are you doing? You are releasing in the atmosphere the strength of God to come and work for you. Praise God. So this is how you put the law of faith to work. And why am I saying this? Because a lot of times, you know, when we're going through challenges of life, we want to say things as they are. God wants to say things as they ought to be. All the time. All the time. And this requires what? Discipline on our path. Discipline on our path. So, faith is a law. The law of faith functions like the laws of gravity. Without fear. It followed. None of you here will say, oh, I don't believe in gravity. Even whether you believe in gravity or you don't believe in gravity, gravity is, right? What you can do to, to make gravity work for you is to understand how it works and put it to use for yourself. Romans 3, 27. The Bible says, where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. By the law of faith. A law in this in this sense is used as a principle, all right? A principle that is universal. In the Amplified Version, it says, then what becomes of our pride and our boasting? It is excluded, banished, ruled out entirely. On what principle? On the principle of doing good deeds? No, but on the principle of faith. So faith is a principle. Let me show you another principle like the principle of gravity that will work in any country principle of justice there's no country on the face of the earth that does not have a principle of justice somebody does wrong there's a just a judicial system that is meant to address issues criminal offenses and stuff like that that's a principle now you can you can say to me i don't believe in in the judicial law you may not believe there but the law is there the, the, the justice system works in every single nation of the earth. So, if you cannot doubt the laws of gravity, the laws of thermodynamics, or even doubt the justice system, then what I'm about to share here is you should not doubt it because it's a principle. Romans 27 says, law, there's a law of faith or the principle of faith. Okay. Now, 1 John 5 verse 4 says this, every child of God overcomes the world for our faith that which is a principle is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. So who are the world conquerors defeating its power? Those who believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. The Bible yes, is saying that faith, which is a principle that we want to talk about today and how you set that principle in, in, in motion, is what overcomes the world. Hmm. This faith is what overcomes the world. Every child of God overcomes. Look at the word used, overcomes, present continuous. Every child of God overcomes. But you might be there today and say, but I don't, I don't look like an overcomer. I don't feel like an overcomer. In fact, contrary to the, to the point, I feel the other way around. I feel so 
uh, useless and worthless and a failure that may be the thought that is the thought that is going through your mind but that thought is coming to that conclusion based on what you are seeing with your physical eyes but in the eyes of god you are an overcomer and if you go back to the story i told earlier about that guy who was living in this community and there was virus attack and he had a dream and dream says look you got a power go and check out in the attic stories written about your about your family line and how you guys are powerful and person goes into the attic and found a book and read about it and believes it and then i said if if the person goes out and somebody has a virus attack comes somebody who has a virus attack comes near him would the person be afraid no because the person i know he has the power but this only works if the person believes the record that has been kept and written for him do you understand what I'm saying? So, the Bible here says you are an overcomer. That's who you are. Now, whether you believe or not is a separate conversation, okay? But your default position is that of an overcomer. Why did God declare you to be an overcomer? Because your faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. Ah, my God. You know what this is saying? This actually is saying faith is the overcoming victorious power over the world not logic not science not the words of your friends or the words of family members but faith is what gives you victory in this life and what this is saying essentially is you should not approach life by reasons of logic you should approach your life make decisions based on the faith of god based on who you are in christ Essentially, God might lead to go and do a business that in the natural doesn't make any sense. Follow what God says. The Bible says, so that our faith will not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So that our faith, that which makes us to be conquerors in this life, will not be on the wisdom of men, on how men do things, but on the, on the power of God. My prayer for you this morning is that your faith will not be based on the wisdom of men or on the power of God. My prayer for you this morning in the name of Jesus. My prayer for you this morning in the name of Jesus is that your faith, your faith, that which gives you victory in this world will not be on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God, the wisdom of God, the glory of God, the gospel of God, that you will have victory in this life as you look at what the word god has the word of god has declared it to be and you stay by that word you declare those words you affirm those words you stay by those words every single time especially when it doesn't make sense i pray for you that your faith will not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of god the bible says faith is what overcomes the world and you already have that faith because you could not become born again without faith so without that faith god literally gave you his own faith when his word came to you and you believed so you were born again like i said last week by the word of god by the zoo by the by the spora of god that's what you were born again but when the word of god came to you the spora of god came to you for you to become born again it was god himself who released his faith into you for you to believe so the faith that made it to give your life to jesus as never will never leave you that faith is still in you so god says here now you overcome you become victorious in this life by the faith of god your faith is the victorious power that turns over the world 
And it's, it then says, so who are the world conquerors? Who are the victorious persons in this world? Who are the ones that defeat the world, defeat the enemy of the world? The Bible here says, those who believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, have you ever given your life to Jesus? Then the Bible here is referring to you. He said to you, you are a world conqueror. You are a world conqueror. You are not meant to be conquered. You are meant to conquer situation. I pronounce over your life that you will understand the verities of God. You understand the truths of God. You understand who God has declared you to be and the resources that you have in Jesus. I pray for you in the name of Jesus Christ that you will lay hold of this truth of who God has declared you to be. That you will walk with the consciousness of who you are in the name of Jesus Christ so that when you go out into the marketplace you will demonstrate the power of of God and the excellence of God in your work, in your business, in your career, in your family life. People that surround you will know that you are a child of God. Why? Because your faith overcomes the world. Now, somebody might say, I don't have this faith. Well, Romans 12 verse 3 says, you already have this God kind of faith. God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. I will ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as a standard of measurement. And then you will see the true value with an appropriate self-esteem. Romans 12, 3. I'm going to read from my Bible here in the King James Version. Bible here says, in one minute, for I say through the grace given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God had dealt, according as God had dealt to every man the measure of it. God has given to each one of your, you, each one of each one of us, the measure, the same measure of faith God gave to us. Now, obviously, the way I use my faith, learned how to, the faith works and it works for me, might be different from yours. But when we became born again, we all became born again based on the same measure of faith. We were given the same measure of the Holy Spirit. God did not give more of the Holy Spirit to somebody and give less to the other person. No, we all have the same thing. What, 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 what makes one Christian different from the other? In experiences, in experiences, not in identity, is how each of them is able to lay hold of this truth and walk it. See, the Word of God if you don't walk the word of God, it won't work for you. The fact that something is your inheritance, if you don't go out there and put it to use, it's not going to work for you. The example I gave you earlier, if that guy had gone to the attic, found out that he's, he's really got a power, that virus will not attack him, that he actually has supernatural power over that virus, the person actually believes it. But the person goes out and then acts like he believes it. The person will still experience virus attack. So it's not enough to say, I know who, who I am in Jesus. It is more important to carry a consciousness of that and allow that to dictate decisions that you are going to make. But how do you do that? Confession. Confession is the beginning of it. When you start to confess what God says over you over and over and over, what are you doing? You are using those confessions to repaint a new image in your heart. So confessions set the law of faith in motion because when you confess, you are declaring what God has said about you. And what God has said about you is powered by the faith that overcomes the world. And so the more you say it, the more you believe it. The more you say it, the more you believe. The more you say it, the more you believe it. So confessions set the laws of the law, the confessions set the laws of faith in motion because when you declare words like God spoke words, you are speaking by faith. 
Praise God. So the principles that I want to look at here now is number one. The main principle of the laws of faith. The main principle of the laws of faith is if you have faith, you will speak. Or faith speaks what it believes. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you speak out of the overflow of what is in your heart. Faith is of the heart. You speak with your mouth out of the overflow of your heart. So the law of faith that is set in motion by confession is this. When you have faith, you have to speak. Let's look at some examples that Jesus Christ gave. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 19 to 20, Jesus Christ says, Then his disciples came to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? Here they brought somebody. They were meant to cast the demons out, but they couldn't do it. Jesus Christ came and spoke about the demons, and demons left. Now they were asking questions. How come we couldn't do that? Verse 20, Jesus Christ said, And just said to them, Because of your unbelief. For, a, for amen, I say to you, if you have faith as a grain of, of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, be moved from here to yonder, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. The Bible says, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, if you indeed have faith, you shall say, you shall say to a particular mountain or to a problem. What do we say to the problem? remove be gone go away and nothing shall be impossible to you so if i extract keywords from this what you will have is this if you have faith you shall say and nothing shall be impossible to you so all you say if you have faith you will speak and when you speak nothing shall be impossible to you question do you have faith oh i don't have faith that's a lie romans 12 3, romans 12 3 that we just read now says what we all have the same measure of faith so say with me i have the faith of jesus say like a minute i have the faith of jesus hallelujah what you are doing here you are repenting pictures in your heart that you do have the faith of jesus so if you have that faith what should you do you shall say you shall say to what the mountain to do what to be removed and be cast out and what will happen nothing will be impossible to you so if you have faith you shall say and that it shall be impossible to you. Luke chapter 17, verse 6. And the Lord said, If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sacrament tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it shall obey you. Again, if you had faith, what would you do? You might say unto this sacrament tree, What? Go, be removed, and she will obey you. So again, I started keywords. I said, If you had faith, you might say unto something. And it will be if you have faith, you will speak. And what you speak, what you what you speak to shall obey you. Hallelujah. Matthew 21 21 says, Jesus answered and said to them, Amen. I say to you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it shall be done. Again, it says, If you have faith, you shall say. If you have faith, you must say. You speak what you believe. If you have faith, you must say, and it shall be done for you. I hope you understand what I'm saying here. If you have faith, you must say. Do you have faith? Yes, we all have faith. We have all been given the faith of Jesus Christ, the same measure of faith. So why are we not speaking? Because we have been tricked to 
to do, we have been told our words don't carry power, our words don't matter, that God doesn't answer the prayers of sinners. We have been deceived because the devil knows that if you get this truth, that if you say you shall have, if you say, if you, if you have faith, you must speak, and he knows that you do have faith, then he knows that you will keep speaking. And when you speak, you are you're going to have what you say. Some of us, we have been tricked to say, God doesn't answer the prayers of sinners. We have been told, oh, you cannot have faith. Your faith is too small. God did not say you need a, a, a house room of a, a house room full of faith, did he? Say, great as a mustard seed. Mustard seed is not even, it's like, a, you know, the lid of a, of, a, of a pencil. You know, the pencil like this, tiny one like that. That's what, that's what mustard seed faith is. And God says, if you have faith as small as that, you can see that the matter be removed. Which means, no matter, no matter what problem you have in your life today, you have enough faith to say to that problem to go away. That is what I'm saying. No matter what problem you have today, you have enough faith deposited in you by the Almighty God to speak to that problem for it to go away. And it will obey you. That's what it is saying. If you have faith, you must say. So faith always speaks. Faith always speaks. The way to release faith is by speaking. There's nothing that God did that he did not speak first. God is a speaking God. He speaks by faith. He declares the end from the beginning. He says what he wants. Faith is released by speaking. So Mark 11, 22, 23. I want you to understand the connection. The first part of 22 says, have faith in God. Now, please think about this carefully. Jesus Christ was speaking to those who are still unbelievers, who are not born again. He was talking to his disciples. They're not born again. Because nobody became born again until after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So these disciples here, they were not born again. He said, have faith in God. In, in the margin, in the margin you have here, he says, have the faith of God. Mark 11, 22 says, have the faith of God. He said, have the faith of God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith. He said, they don't have faith. But these ones, they couldn't even have faith because they're not born again yet. Right? But you, in Romans 12, 3, the Bible says you have been given the measure of faith. So, Mark 11, 22, actually you should read it like this under the new covenant based on what Christ has done, is that you have the faith of God. You have the faith of God. Or, yeah, that's it. Actually, you have the faith of God. You have the faith of God. Now that you have the faith of God, I say to you, whatsoever you shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and you don't doubt in your heart. You shall, and you believe that that which you have spoken will come to have to pass. You shall have what you say. Actually, he's saying here, you have the faith of God. So now, say to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Don't doubt in your heart. Believe that that which you have said will come to pass, and you will have what you say. So under the new covenant, you can say, I have the faith of God. I speak to mountains. Mountains obey me. I will have what I say. Therefore, I decree and I declare. Lies are falling to me in pleasant places. I'm blessed and I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, I'm blessed and highly favored. Blessings and blessings are upon my head. Grace and mercy follow me. Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus Christ, I'm blessed and highly favored. You can say those things. And God said, you shall have what you say. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 10. The Bible here says, If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes to righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now look at this. With the heart you believe to what? To be, to, to, you, you believe, with, the, with the heart you believe to become righteous. And righteousness means as you ought to be. So with the heart you believe 
to become as you ought to be. You have to believe in your heart. You have to have the image in your heart of what you ought to be. First, the pictures must be painted in your heart. How do you paint the pictures if you don't have any picture? Start to speak the words. Release your faith by speaking. Because when you speak the words of faith, the words of faith you have spoken will paint pictures in your heart. That pictures in your heart then become a belief system. So with the heart, you believe to be as you, as you want to be. But the Bible says with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So to experience healing, prosperity, protection, and preservation, which is what salvation means there, you must do what? You must confess. You must believe in your heart that you already have it. Then you must release it in your own life by speaking. I'll say that again. You must believe in your heart that you already have it. Then you must release these things with your mouth. In order for you to express them in your life, you must open your mouth and release them. Faith is released by speaking. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13. The Bible says, We have the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believe, therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore also speak. Look at that. We believe, therefore we speak. So the law of faith is faith is released by speaking. The spirit of faith is when you believe, you must speak. I'll say that again. The law of faith or the principle of faith is this. Faith is released by speaking. That is the principle undeniable principle of life. The same way you don't deny gravity or, or argue about gravity, this principle you shouldn't argue with it. That if you want to let your faith let your faith lose, you must speak. Faith is released by speaking. Okay, but the spirit of faith, the spirit that the spirit that drives faith to work, says that when you believe, you must speak. So on the one hand, you release, you you put your faith, you release your faith by speaking on the other hand what you believe you must speak the bible here says what i believe therefore i have spoken i believe therefore i speak so i always speak what i believe i always speak what i believe out of the abundance of the heart my belief my mouth will do what my mouth will speak out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks my heart is where my belief system is rooted from and that's where faith is but that faith which is in my heart must be released to be operational in my life by speaking why is that because Jesus Christ says in John chapter 6 verse 63 the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life so words are spiritual words are containers of power so as you speak the word of God out of your mouth, you are releasing power. It's almost like the words you've spoken, they are spirits moving and creating that which you have spoken. The spirit will then become flesh. It will take on a body and bring it to you. I hope that that makes sense. So when you believe, you must speak. If somebody says, I don't believe that, that is also your belief system. Your belief system is that you don't believe that. Therefore, you say it out of your mouth. It's very simple. What you believe, you must speak. So, if I want to know what you believe, I'm just going to ask you, how is it going? Your statement will let me know what you believe. Because you speak 
out of the most predominant thoughts in your heart. Your belief systems are conveyed by words. Also, they're conveyed by actions, which we're going to be talking about the massive need for you to take action. But not, not today. Right? In future lessons, I'm going to be talking about that. But today, I want you to know, if you believe, you must speak. Listen to me. The mountains don't move by believing. They will move by speaking. The mountains don't move by looking at them. No, they will move by speaking. When you face a mountain or you face demons and devil coming around into your life, don't clam up and keep quiet. Open your mouth and speak. What must be spoken? You know what? Blessings and curses are also pronounced by spoken, by speaking rather. In Genesis chapter 1, God spoke a blessing upon the, the, what he has created, including Adam. He spoke a blessing. When God wants to curse uh, the people that have done evil, it was again by words released from his mouth. So you see, blessings and curses are products of the mouth. So with your mouth, you will bless, with your mouth, you will curse. Book of James says, the same mouth that we're using to bless God, we should not use that same mouth to curse other people. Praise God. So, a couple of things I want to call out as we round up. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 6 says, the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. Your mouth will be your deliverance. Your mouth will be your deliverance. If you keep saying, things don't work in my life, things are always hard, then you are speaking a curse over your life. God doesn't want you to do that. God doesn't want you to do that. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 18, the tongue of the wise is health. Your mouth will bring healing to your body. Isaiah chapter 57 verse 19, the Bible says, I create the fruit of the lips. What you say out of your mouth, God says, that's what you're going to get. Mark eleven twenty three says, you shall have what you say. Praise God. So, in Romans 4, verse 17, the Bible says, where God calls those things that be not as though they are. How, how does he do that? Or how did he do it? It is by the spoken word. Praise God. So, God wants you to have faith in that which cannot be seen. That which cannot be seen is the word of God. But as you release that which cannot be seen, its impact, its effect is manifested in your life. What cannot be seen, but its effect can be seen. Hallelujah. So if there's something that you believe in God for today, I want you to know that the word confession is from the word homologous. Homologous means to say the same thing as. It's from the word homologous. It means to say the same I speak. I mean, I speak the same thing as or I agree with. So what do you want to agree with God today? God, by grace, has already pronounced over your life His blessings, His grace, His might. But you have to believe and then you have to speak. Remember, the law of faith says, faith is released by speaking. The spirit of faith says, we speak what to believe. If you believe, you must speak. So, what have you believed over the past 30 days or 40 days that we've been talking about this thing about confession? What do you believe? Do you believe that your words carry power? Do you believe that you can change the course of nature by the words you speak? Do you believe that you can change the direction of your life, no matter how things may look today, by the words you speak? If you believe that, bow your heads and I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over my brother, I pray over my sister. Listen to this message, Almighty God, that right now, Lord, you will touch their mouths, touch their tongue, oh God, their tongues, Father, and let the healing power of God flows to the tongue of my brother, to the tongue of my sister, to the mouth of my brother, mouth of my sister, that from today, <coughs> they will speak words of life. 
their words will bring healing to their bodies, will bring wealth into their lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, touch their tongues right now in the name of Jesus Christ and let your healing power allow them to operate the law of faith, not the law of fear in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Almighty God, that this ones will bring back testimonies of the goodness of God. Lord, we give you praise and we thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Hallelujah. So as we go, I want you to know that the Lord is with you. The Lord is for you. The Lord is in you. We have one more topic on confession. Uh, we're going to be talking next week about confession set angels on errand on your behalf. That will be the final topic around the seven reasons why confession works. And then we'll take you from there. Hallelujah. Please remember, there's confession and uh, there's communion service at 3.30 today. So I'm looking forward to seeing all of you there. Okay, let us pray. Father Lord, I just thank you for the people as they go. We release them, Father, today with the power of the Holy Ghost to the might of God. This once Almighty will bring our testimonies of the goodness of God and the kindness of God. We thank you, Almighty God, that we learn today that confessions operate the law of faith. And we understand the law of faith is a law that says faith is released by speaking. Lord, therefore, we speak life over our own lives. We speak life over our community. We speak life over our children. We speak life over our work. And we speak life over our family members. We speak life over the church of God. We speak life, Almighty God, that we all rise up to become mature in the knowledge of who we are in Christ and function as ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Praise God. Before next time I see you, remember your kingdom, your prosperity, your destiny lies in your own mouth. Use your mouth to pronounce blessings over your own life. It is well with you. You are blessed and highly favored. And I'll speak to you another time. God bless you. Bye. Thank you for worshiping with us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. We were blessed to have you. We hope to see you again on Wednesday for midweek service at 6 p.m. UK time. Morning prayers every Saturday at 6 a.m. UK time. And Sunday service at 8 a.m. UK time. The replay for today's service will premiere on YouTube at 10 a.m. UK time. For love offering, kindly use the bank details on your screen or you can scan the QR code on your screen to give via PayPal. We invite you to join our monthly Practicality of Grace series every first Wednesday of the month. The series features discussions with guests who take your questions and show you how to practically apply God's grace in different areas of your life. You can send your anonymous questions to the live chat on the website at www.thelighthouse.org. That is www.thelighthouse.org. Or you can send an email to light at thelighthouse.org. Would you like us to pray with you? Kindly click the link that pops up in the live chat and fill the form or you can visit our website at www.thelighthouse.org and fill the request form. You can now book a counseling or prayer session with Pastor Davis on Calendly. Visit the link on the website or in the description box and follow the instructions to book a session. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and TikTok on the username that is displayed on the screen. Don't forget to comment, like, and share our messages. Until next time, remain in your identity in Christ Jesus.